service. that is to play try to play and watch your hands in reverse <laughs> This is Chris Shiflett, and you are watching Shred with Shifty. Let's get into it. This is uh, the third solo review episode. You know what we do. We take a look back, uh, see if we can find anybody that uh, actually went out and learned the solos and posted it. And let me just tell you, we found a few of them. We didn't find enough of them. There weren't any Ace Fraley. No, but not one person learned the Ace Fraley Shock Me solo. Come on. You're not even trying, Internet people. I will uh, just mention real quick, when you, if you learn the solo and film it and post it and tag us and all that stuff, don't post it on a story because that goes away and we're not high tech enough to know how to save those. There's probably a way or maybe just send us a DM to explain how we do that. But post it on your reel. If you're posting the Instagram, post it on your reel. <sighs> that would be helpful. And of course, as always, follow me on all my various social media accounts that will be displayed on the screen. And uh, if you're watching today's review episode, you're already on volume.com. But did you know if you go to volume.com slash shifty, you can get all kinds of exclusive content you only get right here. It's fantastic. In addition to my March tour of Ireland and the UK that you folks out there still haven't bought enough tickets to, I'm reminding you. Uh, don't know if you saw this, but we also announced some shows around Bottle Rock at the end of May. I'm going to be playing May 22nd at the Cafe de Nord in San Francisco, then May 23rd at the Garden in Napa. That's the day before we actually play Bottle Rock on the 24th. And then heading home, uh, we're going to hit May 26th at the Ritz in San Jose. All those tickets should be on sale now at chrisshifflettmusic.com. And if you haven't heard, by the time this thing posts, I believe our version of Cowboy Song is out. Out March 1st. And the full, complete EP, Starry Nights and Campfire Lights, is coming out on March 15th. And there's uh, two covers. There's Cowboy Song by Thin Lizzy, Don't You Ever Leave Me by Hanoi Rocks. We covered those. There's a couple of live versions of songs off my new record and a couple of acoustic versions from when we played on Sirius XM Outlaw Country. And that's all bundled together in an EP out March 15th. So check that out. Uh, and let's just jump into the episode, shall we? <laughs> All right, before we get into uh, some fan videos, I wanted to give a shout out to my man Chad Blakely, who posted probably the greatest artwork, best fan art I've ever received, the Kiss Shiflet artwork. I don't know if you saw it, I reposted it on my Instagram, go check it out. He, uh, he made me as Ace Fraley, and it's fantastic. And Chad, I want you to know that I changed that so like when I call people, that's what they see. 
right? Producer Jason can attest to that, right, Jason? Okay, let's get into some fan-submitted solos. This first one isn't a solo that, uh, per se, from, from one of the episodes, but it did make me feel good. The Drewcaster, because he's referring specifically to a question I ask most of the guests, like, when did you figure out, like, when did you feel like, what lick did you learn that made you feel like, I am a lead guitar player now? And, uh, and I think he's tackling Hey Joe by the late, great Jimi Hendrix right here, The Drewcaster. Nice work there, Drew. Up next, we got a couple people tackling Mike McCready's solo from the Pearl Jam classic, Alive. Let's give them a spin. This is Rutbo.333 and Andy James Music. Check it out. Nice work there, boys. Up next, we have a couple people uh, doing their version of one of the more technically challenging solos that I think we've done on the show so far. This is John Osborne's uh, solo from Stay a Little Longer by Brothers Osborne, of course. Uh, check out The Music Guitar and Music by Maddie G. Holding it down. Check it out. <laughs> Nice work. Nice work. I got to go back and rewatch the John Osborne episode myself. John Osborne and Brad Paisley both. I think I need to go spend some time with those episodes and tune up on them. All right, here comes. Uh, we found one version of Mike Campbell's The Waiting Solo, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. This is Architect of Tone doing a very classy version of it here. Check it out. <laughs> Very nice, very nice. We love to see uh, your attempts at these solos. I shouldn't say attempts, your versions of these solos that we focus on here at Shred with Shifty. And again, a little disappointed that there were no Ace Frehley Shock Me versions we could find. And, you know, the Brent Mason I get. That's the hardest solo probably of the whole thing. So you guys get a pass on that one. But for the next review episode, I want to see a couple takes on that. And remember, don't post it on your... IG story, your Instagram stories, post it on Instagram Reels so producer Jason doesn't have such a hard time finding it and keeping it and reviewing it. 
All right, in case you missed it, right here on volume.com slash shifty, here is a review of some of the exclusive clips you can't find anywhere else, not on Premier Guitars' YouTube channel, not on my YouTube channel, not on Instagram or TikTok. It's right here on volume.com. Uh, first one up, we got Brent Mason uh, dishing the dirt on his famous Nashville Telecaster, the one that started it all. <laughs> There are a couple questions here about your, your Nashville telly, the famous one, but I feel like we already covered this. I am the High Plains Drifter asks, what kind of pickups does he prefer in his Nashvilles, especially the one pictured, because referencing the picture I posted on Instagram, and Mike McNamara315 says, what's that middle pickup thing? But I feel like you already, we could just refer people to what you explained earlier in the episode. Yeah, we talked about that earlier. Uh, the, the middle pickup is... Uh, it's a, yeah, again, it's a stack, hot stack, Seymour. Uh, the back is a, is a vintage stack. There are stacks, these two. And, of course, this is a humbucker. Uh, this, and this one is a Seymour Duncan. Now, my original guitar has a Gibson baby humbucking, and this is the miniature version, the Seymour the, the miniature version of that. Sounds how do you great. how do you rate the uh, your signature model to the original? Oh, it's 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 great. I mean, the original, you know, the original is the, uh, it's all you know. It's it's been played over and over and over for ancient times, you know, uh, sweetened out nicely. But it uh, when I first got them, I, I thought, damn, they're a little heavy. And then when I pick up a telly or a strat or something, I feel like it's heavy. I I, I probably won't. I'm not going to like it, you know. Uh, but when I started playing these, uh, uh, they sounded really good. They're not that heavy. I'm just saying they're a little, uh, they're alter, you know, and I, I found out now somebody told me alter wood's hard to find now. It's almost, is, is that big, are they gone. heavy because of the wood or are they heavy because of the extra hardware? Or uh, both? the hardware, okay. uh, and the wood. No, the wood has to play into it a little bit, yeah. but, um, it's uh, it, they're great because everybody I get I get good reviews about them and I I'll, I'll take it out if I'm traveling I'll take this one out and play it it sounds great you know but when I'm in the studio I always grab mine you know That's, sure, uh, sure but there there's times I play the other one if I don't want to leave mine I'm going to lunch and I don't leave it propped up in the studio when I leave it may not be you know be there <laughs> there's the the uh, fear of that sure. So it's just that original, you know, it's getting so, because there's no lacquer on it or anything, it's getting kind of scathed up and chipped up. All right, that was Brent Mason talking about his Nashville telly. Up next, we have my man, my hero, Ace Fraley, uh, discussing opening up for the New York Dolls back in the day. Check it out. Okay, here's a question about the New York Dolls. Marco DeSantis uh, wants to know, what was the dynamic like between Kiss and the Dolls? Were were you guys peers or rivals? And were were you uh, friends with Johnny Thunders at all? There was a little rivalry there, you know. When we went out, the Dolls were, I think, bigger than us, and uh, we were opening for the Dolls, and then I think it switched. Right. You know, once uh, we became more famous than the New York Dolls, and uh, and then they went on to do their own tours. Uh, I got really 
I became really close friends with Arthur Kane. For some reason, his personality and mine clicked, and we both liked to drink cold 45 malt liquor. <laughs> Every time I was on tour with the Dolls, he'd walk in with 16-ounce cans of cold 45, and we'd polish off a couple of six-packs. And uh, we became really close friends for years, years. And then uh, he ended up in the hospital cause for his liver. You know, I mean, every... I never realized that, you know, depend, you know, my doctors in the 20s and 30s used to always say, you know, your genes, are your parents still alive? Uh, you know, my father lived to be 96, my mother lived to be 86, but her, her older sister lived to be 99. Oh, and wow. then, you know, on my father's side, you know, same thing. So I have longevity and that has to do with how quickly your body repairs itself. Yeah. Uh, I guess Arthur didn't have great genes and, and his liver started to go. And uh, he ended up in a hospital a couple of times for drinking. Uh, luckily, I was, you know, you know what I do on, t on the road with Kiss? That was, uh, I knew how to kind of take care of my health in a way. Because, uh, like, I'd be partying for two weeks every night. And then I'd say, Ace, it's time for a break. So I'd look on my calendar, and we'd be in a place for three days, and we had no shows. So I had my bodyguard put a sign on my uh, hotel room door. It says, Quarantine Board of Health. Do not. <laughs> I hated, I hated getting in a room and trying to sleep. And then the maid starts knocking on the door and wakes me up. So, but I would, you know, once he did that, I'd sleep for three days and recharge my batteries and then I was good to go again. Yeah. But, you know, I, I never tried to, I, you know, I did things in excess, but not constantly. I always took breaks. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, I have no liver damage now. I have no kidney damage. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, great. I, in fact, I just went to my doctor's office and he started cracking up. I go, what the fuck are you laughing at? He goes, Ace, I'm looking at your blood work for the last three or four years and your blood work every year is getting better. He goes, you're the only fucking patient I had that's aging in reverse. <laughs> you got good genes, man. It's all about those genes. It's the genes, and it's also, you know, I've started exercising on a regular basis, and my fiancé cooks all organically and healthy foods, and, uh, and I watch my weight. I mean, I'm down to 175, which is probably what I weighed when I did the reunion tour. Yeah, okay. You know, yeah. But for a while, I had gained weight, and I remember reading messages, uh, comments on YouTube, Ace is eating those cheeseburgers again. <laughs> I had a little gut, and I yeah. just said, fuck it. I'm going to lose the weight. You know, yeah. some people are saying I use that diet. Uh, Ozembic. Yeah. No, yeah. I, no I, Ozembic. Lost, I lost the weight slowly but surely over a year uh, and a half. What's, what's your fighting weight? I might go another five pounds, but uh, my fiance says, don't, get, don't go below 175. You know, yeah, you heard it here first. Clean living and good genes. Ace yes, Fraley. You drink a gallon of water a day. Yeah. And uh, I exercise. All right. That was the most polarizing guest from Shred with Shifty. Ace Fraley, my hero. Uh, up next here, what do we got? We got Mike Campbell on his go-to rig in the studio.
see what Mike Campbell has to say. Since we were just talking about Mojo and that 59 Les Paul, real quick, what was that combination that you were playing through? What was, was that the 59, like right into a Marshall or something? Or what was getting no, that? No, I, I never that used record? Marshalls. Uh, maybe once. I think I used a Marshall on Refugee because it was in the studio, but I never owned a Marshall. Uh, my rig is very simple, um, and I've used it for uh, decades. And it's, uh, I have a couple of pedals now, but my, my amps are Fender Blackface Princeton together with a Fender Tweed, 50s Tweed. And those are, that's my sound. Behind that, I have a Fender uh, Blackface Deluxe for a gain boost. If I have a solo, I'll kick that on because it's louder. And um, nowadays, behind that rig, I have a, a Fender Leslie, I don't know what they're called, Fender Leslie speaker. It's on all the time, but it's not Leslie. It's just on. It's got a deep, it fills out the bottom in a little bit. But basically, mm. my sound on those albums, those last several albums, and all the Dirty Knobs stuff, and live, even through Fleetwood Mac on stage, I played through that Fender Princeton and the Fender Deluxe together. They've complemented each other really well. Well, since you mentioned Fleetwood Mac, I mean, was your approach to playing with them uh, tonally different at all from Dirty Knobs and, and Heartbreakers? Besides the amps. It was a total challenge for me because right. I've never learned other people's guitar parts, you know. Mm -hmm. But I love Lindsey Buckingham and they asked me to do the gig. And so I had to really uh, use another part of my brain to learn those guitar parts the best I could to serve those songs. You know, you can't go into those songs and start playing your own licks. It just wouldn't be right. So I tried to honor them yeah. and, and get it as, as close to the record as I could. And I think I did a pretty good job. But um, it was a challenge at first to uh, to be a learner instead of a creator. <laughs> but I kind of like that. I learned a lot. Lindsey Buckingham, another guy who writes amazing parts, you know, yeah, he's parts a great that player. just fit slot right into the song. Melodic, yeah. yeah. All right, that was one of the tastiest guitar players of all time, Mike Campbell from Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, and of course now the Dirty Knobs. Up next for our last exclusive video clip, we've got John Osborne from Brothers Osborne, my buddy, on the effects he used for the song Shoot Me Straight. <laughs> That Matt Campbell guy wants to know what kinds of effects is he using on the extended outro on Shoot Me Straight? Is there some octave fuzz goodness in there? Now, that's interesting. I mean, the by the way, for people watching, the outro solo in Shoot Me Straight could be like a seven-part series of this show in itself. It's it's just insane, it, and, it, and it's long, and I would love to hear the story behind that one as well. But I don't hear octave fuzz. I'm not sure what he's referring to. No, what, what, there is an octave fuzz on it. Um, in the mix, they might have put some sort of sub on it, but it wasn't that way in the studio. That that solo, much different to the Say a Little Longer solo, was all live. There was no – that was just what happened one night in the studio. We had recorded it that morning. We took a break that night, you know, we, we were having some drinks and, you know, some other stuff. And a couple of dudes got really stoned and Jay was like, hey, let's try it now. And then we jammed it um, that night. And that's what 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 you hear is all very much one take, very live. So I can't remember what exactly I had on that. But I think one of the gains that I used that also was a basement, which I love those amps so much um, with a Marshall mod on the cleans on the um the right the guitar so the bass side sorry and then i think at the time it was strymon there's strymon had this has this really cool i think it's called riverside or it was one of their 
Um, it's, it's the red gain pedal, and I pretty much just use that. And I love that thing. And that thing can get a ton of sounds. Um, but it was one of Strymon's um, dirt pedals. Is that a Strat or a Tele that you're playing on that song, on that solo? That is a, that is a Tele. That, that was a Mario Martin. For a long time, um, I could be seen playing this, like, baby blue, white binding, rosewood neck, Mario Martin T-style guitar. And I had just gotten it, and that's, that was the guitar in that song. All right, that was John Osborne from Brothers Osborne, as well as all those other great exclusive clips. Remember, you can always get exclusive content right here at volume.com slash shifty. Your go-to place for all things Shred with Shifty right here, volume.com. All right, let's get into some questions from the people, the most important part of these shows. Okay, I'm kicking this off with a question from, this is a great question from Nat Palmer. He says, what kind of rig would you use for calicos if jigging from a kayak near kelp beds? Well, Nat, as you know, I tend to launch uh, up at like uh, Refugio and, um, and hit the kelp out there. And lately I've been using, uh, or out of the harbor, let's be honest, out of the harbor too. And lately I've been having a lot of success with my hookup baits. And, uh, and you can't go wrong with war baits. Those jig heads, man, those work every time for the calicos. Great question, Nat, thank you. That reminds me, the weather is finally starting to warm up and it might be just about time to get the kayak back out on the water. David for Bratcher asks, where's the slide guitar and when will we see it next? Well, David, I think you're referring to my blue burst, <clears throat> excuse me, my blue burst Les Paul is, uh, is the one I have set up to play slide. I gotta tell you, honestly, I'm a lousy slide player, so we need to book some, some slide players on Shred with Shifty so I can get some slide tips, and then maybe that thing will see the light of day again. <clears throat> Bonnie Raitt, <clears throat> Bonnie Raitt, open invitation. When Bonnie Raitt wants to come on to Shred with Shifty and teach me some sweet sl uh, slide licks, I will get the Blue Burst Les Paul out of my garage and into, into the show. M. Dutko Bass wants to know, how did you come up with the congregation solo? Well, that was so long ago, M. Dutko, that I don't really honestly remember. I'm going to guess that it was trial and error. And I probably put something together and then uh, uh, got into the control room with Butch Vig and, and, and worked it out. But so there's the solo section and then there's that breakdown section. And I remember Dave asked Zach Brown, whose studio we were in recording that song that week, to play something. And then he said, he suggested we do something together. So I remember sitting in the room with him and working out. He kind of had what he was going to play, and then I sort of had to find, like, a harmony around it. And then I'm pretty sure we tracked it together, like, live, both of us playing at the same time. So, yeah, it was a little bit, uh, a little bit sitting in a closet somewhere working out by myself and a little bit collaboration. And that's how we wound up with that. Okay, James Perryman Music asks, what's this new burst? Is it new, new, or has it been hiding in the studio? And he's not referring, of course, to this pink signature model Telecaster I'm playing today. He's talking about, about the, uh, the burst that was in the photo that I posted the other day on Instagram. And that is a new, new uh, Murphy Lab, uh, you know, Pretend 59 and it's beautiful, and it might be the best Les Paul I've ever bought. Gonna go on record saying it is the best Les Paul I have ever bought. It might even play better, and I dare say sound better than the 57. And he asked, scared to take the 57 on the road? No, James Perryman Music. The 57 has lived on the road since its purchase. 
and it continues to live on the road. That's in, I don't know where that is. It's somewhere in the world right now. Tour. It's touring the world without me at this point, um, but it is out there on the road. Beth Me 87 what was it like working in the studio with your live solo band, and do you ever think you'd do an album that way? Great question. So we just recorded these two cover songs that I mentioned before that are coming out on the Starry Nights Campfire Lights EP on March 15th. And we recorded them right here at uh, Studio 606 in Northridge, California. Me and Fox and Robert. And it was great. I enjoyed it. It was fun to finally get in the studio with uh, with uh, with my friends, Fox and Robert, and record some stuff. And I thought it came out great. And everybody played their ass off. And, you know, Fox is not only in there playing bass and singing, but he's also, he's our keyboard secret weapon. So that was fun. Yeah. And we also had Boop play all the pedal steel on it. So it's great. Loved it. And would I do an album that way? Hell yeah. Why not? Of course. Okay. Fifi Reese, 98 asks, what advice would you give to a young musician that is bust for years but occasionally plays at open mics, bars, pubs to help progress in the industry? Well, if you're playing at open mics, bars, and pubs, I'd say you're doing exactly what you should be doing, so keep doing it. Just keep gigging, keep playing, keep woodshedding, keep writing songs, and, uh, and just keep at it. That's all you can do. I, I don't know nowadays how people like make it and get a record deal and all that stuff, but I think it sounds like you're on your way. And she also asks, do you ever get hate, nasty comments that make you doubt yourself? If so, how do you deal with that? I've had a few incidents in the past that knocked my confidence for a while, but thankfully it's back now. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a funny thing with social media because you can post something and a hundred people go, oh my God, that's great. And one person says something shitty and it just and that's the one that sticks with you so you gotta tune that stuff out follow your heart do what makes you happy and uh and if other people want to make fun of you they're probably just really in some turmoil internally themselves so tune them out forget them keep at it that's what i say maria wants to know what is the best guitar solo to listen on vinyl and why it's kind of a weird question i don't know that there's a specific guitar solo that lends itself to listening on vinyl over streaming or CD or what, you know, cassette tape or whatever. But the question reminded me that when I was a kid and vinyl was all we had, there would be fade outs on records. And oftentimes, you know, the guitar player would be going crazy as the song is fading out. And we would sit there and we'd turn it up and turn it up and turn it because you just want to hear whatever the that person was doing and then it would end and you'd still be turning up and then the next song would start and you'd have your you'd have your stereos you know dimed and it'd blow your head off and you'd have to dial it back real quick but with that in mind i would say sato by on the second ozzy solo record with randy rose great solo in the fade out dig it put on that vinyl and turn it up as it as it gets quieter dave mcintosh wants to know any tips for learning to play and sing at the same time um Oh man, if, if anybody out there has tips for that, let me know, because that is my constant lifelong struggle. I say, you have to make choices, and it makes, if you can sing and you can play guitar, when you sing and play guitar at the same time, you just do both worse, and I think everybody accepts that. Sam Jones Pictures wants to know, will you keep going all the way to County Line if it's shitty all the way up the coast? Oh, I'll go a lot further than County Line, Sam Jones. A lot further. I'll go all the way up to Ventura, if not Rincon. You know, and, and not even regardless of what's happening at County Line. I'll just I just go to Rincon. Good question, my man. Sonia Abara nine asks. I like this question a lot. Will you continue to solo 
after the latest Foo Fighter tour ends. And I think what she means here is, will you continue to do solo gigs or tour solo? But I like the way it's worded. Will you continue to solo after the latest Foo Fighter tour ends? Makes me just imagine, like, we've played Everlong, the show's over, the crew's out there, they're breaking down the, the stage, and I'm just up there just going like this. <laughs> And that just goes on for eternity. So that's that's my plan. Yes, I'm, I'm going to answer that question. Yes, I will continue to solo, no matter what else is going on. Okay, Emma Skittle Shaw wants to know, if you could bring one incredible guitarist back, who would you choose? Oh, so many choices, but off the top of my head, it's Randy Rhodes. It's Randy Rhodes. I never got to see him live. Just, just bring him back for one show. I just want to see him live. I am Dave Rando asks, when is Dave Grohl going to be on the show? Oh, I am Dave Rando. Have we got something special cooking up for you that I can't get into at the moment? <clears throat> Dave and Pat. <laughs> That's it for this week. Don't forget, we've got some really good episodes coming up. Uh, we've got Joe Bonamassa. We've got Wolf Van Halen. Um, and we're working on a couple other ones to close out this season one strong uh, that I think you're going to be pretty excited about. So we'll see you back in a couple weeks. Adios, amigos. One, two, three. Shred with Shifty is created and hosted by me, Chris Shiflett, and produced in partnership with Double Elvis, Volume.com and Premier Guitar. If you're digging the show, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button so you get our new episodes when they come out every other week. Volume.com is a free platform with live stream performances, concert broadcasts, and a video archive that includes performances by Brothers Osborne, Stone Temple Pilots, Dirks Bentley, Weezer, and more. Shred with Shifty is produced by Jason Shadrick. Our executive producers are Brady Sadler and Jake Brennan for Double Elvis. Engineering support by Matt Tahaney and Matt Bowden. Our video editors are Dan DeStefano and Addison Savan. Special thanks to Chris Peterson, Greg Necron, and the entire Volume.com crew. Adios, amigos. <laughs>